Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so excited that you've joined us today. And I want to start off with a question. Do you ever get tangled up when you try to read the Bible and figure out what it says and really why it even matters? Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus doesn't want us to live that way. In fact, he said that when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Welcome to What's the Bible Say? My name is Stephanie. And I'm Rebecca. And in this podcast, we're going to take a look at stuff that we need to know from Scripture. And in every episode, we're going to take a look at an important topic. And then we're going to answer three questions about that topic. Number one, what does the Bible say about it? Number two, why is it so important? And then number three, how do we actually apply that to our life? So, our very first episode and our very first what's the Bible say question is, what is the Bible? Whoa, that is a loaded question for sure, but it's totally relevant because if we're going to talk about what the Bible says, then we should probably figure out what the Bible is is. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, where do we even start with that stuff? Well, you're so right, Rebecca. It's so important because, you know, so many people have things that they've heard or things that they kind of assume that the Bible is mm-hmm. or about the Bible. So it's important that we know what it is. I know for me, I grew up really kind of not much exposure to scripture whatsoever. I knew it was a big book that sat on the coffee table and it talked about God and Jesus and heaven and hell. But beyond that, I didn't have a clue. And and maybe you're listening and you're like me, you know, you didn't have much exposure to scripture growing up. Or perhaps you're a Christian and you kind of shied away from the Bible because it seems so overwhelming or maybe you don't know where to start. Or maybe you are a well-seasoned Bible reader But when people ask you that question, what is the Bible? You have a really hard time answering that question. So I don't know where you are on the spectrum, but I know that it is a great question. What is the Bible is definitely in the category of stuff that you need to know. So let's dive in and um, look at some facts first. So Stephanie, where do we start? Okay, I think it's really important to start with some basics. You know, What is it that we call the Bible? We call it a lot of different things. We call it the Bible. We call it the scriptures. We call it Mm. the word of God. We call it the parchments, the truth, um, the scrolls, holy writ. There are a number of titles or names that we call the Bible, but let's focus on the two most popular and probably the most simple, which are the Bible and the scriptures. Now, the word Bible actually means books. And the word scriptures means writings. And when you're referring to the scriptures, it means sacred writings. And Mm -hmm. so ultimately, the Bible is a library or collection of 66 books. Um, They're compiled together. They create or make what we call the, the holy writings or the sacred writings or the sacred text. And they're assembled in books. There were about 40 people who helped pen the scriptures under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It was written in a period of about 1,500 years in three different languages. That's very interesting. I I know the languages. They are Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And one that I didn't know is that they were actually written on three different continents. Oh, Africa, Europe, and Asia. That is very interesting. I didn't realize that either. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And so what we have in... The Bible in the scriptures are 66 books. 
39 of those books are Old Testament and 27 of those books are New Testament. And, and sometimes I think it's easier if we understand that the word testament in the Greek means covenant. Mm. So when you look at it like 39 old covenant books and 27 new covenant books, it kind of gives, a, you know, sheds a different light on it. Yes, I don't, I don't think I realize that either, which I really love the fact that it's covenant because God is so much about making covenant with us. That's really cool. I did yeah. not know that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that too because of the covenant keeping God that he is and yes. the covenant making God that yes, he is, you know. Absolutely. Um, another helpful hint, which I didn't realize, um, you know, when I very first became a Christian is, the Bible's not written in chronological order. It's written in in like different kind of genres or literary types. And that is so important. I, I am embarrassed to say how many years I went studying the Bible without realizing that. But once I realized it was not all, some of it is chronological, right? but not all of it. And that is super helpful. So it, how is the Bible laid out? Okay, so let's kind of just walk through um, the process of the Bible together or the categories of the Bible together. So the 39 books of the Old Testament, they're categorized um, with the first five books being the books of the law. Mm. They are also known as a Pentateuch or the Torah. They all five were written by Moses. They are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And so that would be the first five books. And there's major foundations in that book. I know, I mean, obviously the first one is creation. Right. In the beginning, God created. But then then right after that comes the fall. But right. what else, what other foundations are in there? So, so many key topics. The flood. Oh, yeah. The law. And what I love is God's relentless pursuit for his people. Also, God's call on the nation of Israel to be his own special people. Mm. But then his relentless pursuit mm. after those wayward people. And that's so endearing mm. to me because, you know, we tend to be like the children of Israel. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And then there are the next 12 books. So those are the books of history. Mm -hmm. And they're Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. And then we have the next five books, which are the books of poetry, or some say wisdom or literature. Mm -hmm. And that's Job, Psalms, excuse me, yeah, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And again, super embarrassed to admit this, but... <laughs> I mean, I literally just found that out <laughs> after 50 years of studying the Bible. And it was super helpful to me, though, to understand that Job is a book of poetry. And so uh, that was really helpful. Okay, it, so what comes next after Yeah, that? Yeah, but it really helps to understand yeah. the, the genre that they yes, were written in. Sure. and gives you some foundation to what you're reading. Um, so then the next one are the five major prophets. But major, not because they're more important, right? Right, right. But because of the sheer size of those books. Yeah. Um, they are Isaiah and Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then the final 12 books of the Bible, over the Old Testament, not the Bible, the Old Testament, are the minor <clears throat> prophets. And they're shorter prophetic books, but they're just equally important. And they're um, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And so that kind of ends up the whole New uh, Old Testament. Good. Very yeah. good. So just recap quick. So we have the law, 
then history, then poetry, major prophets, then minor prophets. Okay, so then how about the New Testament? And how now is it yeah, Okay, so yeah, so we'll shift gears into the New Testament, Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament. We want to start off with the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they give us key insight into the life and times of Jesus. And I love, love, love the Gospels. In fact, I was talking to my husband um, the other day, and we he was, he was going back. He had just finished Revelations. He goes, you know, I'm going to start back in the New Testament because I love the Gospels. And mm -hmm. so I want to encourage you, read the Gospels. And then there's the history of the church, which is the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Then we have 13 Pauline epistles. Now, these were letters that Paul wrote to the church, um, different churches, but also different individuals. Mm -hmm. And then we have in general epistles, which are um, kind of more to a general office uh, audience, not written by Paul, written by other leaders of the church. And so those are good. Yes, which is super helpful to understand. I, I, again, I did not know that all of Paul's books were all together. So when I'm looking for the book of Titus, I know if I get to Peter, I went too far. <laughs> so like, that's so helpful. Thank you, Stephanie. I love that. Yeah, that is helpful. There's one, what's the last section? The one one is, drumroll please, the book yeah. of Revelation, right? It's And it's also known as an apocalyptic book. And um, so, yeah, I feel like we're living in days of Revelation yes, right now. Sure. So we've talked about how it's categorized. Great job. Um, but why Old Testament and New Testament? Why don't we just have them all go all the way through? I love, I'm glad that you asked me that because you, you look at the Old Testament and the Old Testament focuses on the law. Mm. and the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. But the New Testament focuses on the the grace of God and the church. And the Old Testament talks about, you know, the the fall of man. Mm -hmm. it, but the New Testament talks about the redemption of mankind mm. from the fall. Uh, gives me chills. <laughs> I know. And it, it's so powerful when you really get a grip. Like the Old mm -hmm. Testament points us, <clears throat> excuse me, the Old Testament points us to Jesus and and all that Jesus is and all that he's done for us. The Old Testament reveals that need for the sacrifice to atone for mm. our sins. And the New Testament shows us Jesus is that sacrifice who did atone oh, wow. for our sins. Yeah. And then finally, the Old Testament pointed us to the Messiah. Mm. And yet Jesus shows up in the New Testament as the Messiah, the, the expected Messiah. That just gets my fire going. <laughs> I love that. So... Would it be safe to say, I think it's safe to say, that the Old Testament is really everything before Christ, and the right. New Testament is everything that happened after Christ? Yeah, absolutely. And and I, you know what I love is there are so many profound differences between the Old and the New Testament, and those are for many more episodes to come <laughs> that we'll, we'll cover. Um, but there is one central thread that's woven throughout mm. Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and there's one main hero. And of course, the central thread is God's passionate pursuit for mm -hmm. the souls of people so that he can have them as his own and, <clears throat> and they can spend eternity in heaven with him. And then the one main hero is Jesus Christ himself. Mm, that's so good. So we've looked at some facts that tell us what the Bible is how it's laid out in categories, so Old Testament, New Testament. So let's shift gears a little bit and go to our next question, and that is, why is it so important, and then how can we live it out? But let's talk first of all, why is it so important? 
Okay, so I think the best way for us to understand why the Bible is so important is to look at what the Bible says about the Bible. Ah, yeah. Novel so, idea. And it says a lot about <clears throat> itself, which is kind of an eye-opening thing mm. to me. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, from Old Testament to New Testament, all Scripture is given mm. by inspiration of God. And what I love about that phrase, inspiration of God, it literally means God-breathed. God mm. breathed out the gift of His Word to you and to me. That That's, is super cool. It's so powerful. Um, and it's profitable for doctrine and for, for reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm. So the number one reason I believe that God's word is so important is because it's God's gift breathed out from God himself from him to you and to wow, me. That is so powerful that all scripture comes from God himself. Like he, oh, I just love that. It's a gift. You know, yes. you can't get past the fact of that he, this is what he wants us to know. Yeah. You know, the pages written from Genesis to the map, that's what he wants us to know. Mm -hmm. And it's his gift to us. And I love that. And it's important because it's profitable for doctrine. You know, it, it conveys God-given doctrine that we can learn from and live out. It also is important because it corrects us and yeah. instructs us. It makes us complete. It equips us to do what God wants us to do. So it's so powerful. Mm. And then I look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where, where we're reminded that God's word is not like any other book. It, it's not like a book on the shelf, you know? It says, Absolutely. for the word of God is living. So mm. it's alive. And that means his word has a power to speak life into our lives. Mm. And and it speaks to us in ways that no other book can. Absolutely. Amen, sister. And, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces um, even into the division of, of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. In other words, God's word penetrates our hearts. Yes. It has a power to penetrate our hearts. It also says it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. So it reveals those attitudes and those motives. Mm. Uh, at the deep, deepest, darkest recesses of our souls. So, you know, I think about that and it's kind of hard to know, but a, a beautiful truth that God gets us. Yeah. Yes. He knows us. Yes. He knows what we go through. He knows, uh, you know, our motives, good or bad or ugly, but he knows us and mm -hmm. he gets us. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11 give us a beautiful parallel about God's word. It says, for as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You know, I love, 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 love about God's word is that he gives us so many analogies of things that we can't physically see, but then he gives us verses like that that make so clear what he's trying to teach us. I love that. I do too. I do. In fact, you know, I think about this in context. God does supernaturally with his word what rain and snow do naturally mm -hmm. to the earth. And, and so and it accomplishes what God intends it to. So, you know, I, I just that. want to encourage you really quick if, if you know somebody who doesn't know the lord i, I want to encourage you let them hear the word of god speak the mm. word of god share the word of god because god will do in their lives um 
what he wants to accomplish in their lives through his word. Yes. It, like rain coming down and bringing forth fruit. That's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. There'll be like seeds, you know, yes. and it, that can grow. And, and I think one of the things that's so important is to realize that God's word, he uses his word in the, in the process of saving our souls. Hmm. You think about Romans 10, 17, where it says faith comes by hearing the word of God. I remember when I got mm. saved and my husband was still lost, I would leave scriptures everywhere. Like I would write them <laughs> on the mirror. I would put them out on the table because I knew faith came by hearing the mm. word of God. It's powerful. It is. It is. It's not like any other book. No. And then James 1, uh, 121, it, it's where it tells us receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to mm -hmm. save our souls. And when Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15, he reminded him that it was the Holy Scriptures which were able to make him wise mm. unto salvation. And so I want to be wise. <laughs> I know. For sure. Yeah, we want to be wise and we want we want to be saved and we also want to see our lost loved ones come to know Christ. Mm -hmm. And the number one way we can do that, the most powerful thing we can share is the Word of God with them. Amen. So, So the Bible is important because God uses His Word in the process of our salvation, but it, it's also important for a multitude of other reasons. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you feel weak, like you can't go on mm -hmm. in Psalms 28, seven, the Lord tells us that he's our strength and that it's yes. he who helps us. Or in, in second Corinthians two, uh, 12, nine, remember Jesus told, or Paul made this mm -hmm. profession that in our weakness, his strength is made Perfect. That was the verse that God used in my life when I first found out I was a diabetic. I because I thought I cannot do this. And God, as a little girl, a young girl, he said, Rebecca, my grace is sufficient for you. I can do this. Yeah, and that has been a powerful verse in so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. I know it has in mine, a friend of mine, Rachel, who lost her twenty year old daughter. You know, she turned to God's word mm -hmm. to be strengthened and to be helped. And, and what about peace? You know, when peace seems elusive, which sometimes just, it's so hard. You know, I love that in John 16, 33, that Jesus tells us that in him, we have peace. Yes. Amen to that. And then when life leaves us feeling pretty hopeless, you know, it can do that. <laughs> it can do that. Especially these days that we're living in Romans 5, 15, 13 tells us that the God of hope through the Holy Spirit is able to to make us abound in hope or overflow in hope. You know, when I had a friend of mine who went through deep, dark depression, and, and in that process, it was God's wor word that not only gave her hope, but set her free. Absolutely. And you know when you're gripped by fear, so we all deal with fear, right? Yes. It's, it's a, and I learned a long time, you either learn to master fear or fear will master you. Mm. And, and, and fear is powerful powerful paralyzer in our life. Yes. Um, and, and so when we're gripped by fear, God's word tells us. Second Timothy 1 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So if the fear didn't come from God, then we can get rid of it. It's for sure. Amen. That verse has, Ooh, man, that verse has been like a lifeline for me. Yeah. Because we live times. in scary times yes. too. And so fear can really get a hold of yes. us and paralyze but us. But God didn't give it to us. No. He gave us power, love, a sound mind. Amen. Amen. So, and what about when you're feeling weary, overwhelmed and worn out? And that, that can kind of like be everybody at any moment. <laughs> but Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 is so beautiful. It's this invitation that Jesus gives mm -hmm. us to come unto him. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. rest. 
rests for your souls. And so it's so powerful. And the Word of God is powerful in so many other ways. It's important for so many other reasons. It sanctifies us. Ephesians 5.26 tells us that it sets us apart. Mm. It, and then I think about, um, you know, in, in Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God. Yes. The the Word of God is the only offensive weapon that we have, right. and it's it's what we fight our spiritual warfare with every day. So if you're dealing with a battle that's too hard and in a war that's just kind of in your face, cling to the Word of God, you know? And, you know, we think, oh, well, there's only one offensive weapon. It's because that's all we need, because His Word is that powerful. It is. It is that powerful. In fact, it's the weapon that Jesus used when the enemy tried to tempt him three times in the wilderness. You remember that? Mm -hmm. You know, with every temptation, Jesus responded with the words, it is written. Mm -hmm. In fact, the very first temptation that he was faced with, he used Deuteronomy 8, um, verse 3, and he went back to that. He said, it is written, you know, looking back at Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, and said, that man shall not live by bread alone, but mm -hmm. by every word that proceeds from the mouth of of God. So it's like food nourishes our bodies. Mm -hmm. The Word of God nourishes our souls, and, and it's what we yes. live by. Yes. Yeah. And so the Word of God also empowers us to stand strong when we're, when we're tempted to doubt God. Mm -hmm. You know, people are tempted to doubt God in certain circumstances or stray away from His ways or sin against Him. Psalm 119.11, it was one of the first verses that um, um, I memorized with my children when they were young. Your word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. That might have been the very first verse I ever memorized. Really? Yes. Yeah, and it's a simple one, but it's a powerful one. And, you know, another power-packed passage of Scripture that we find in God's Word is also in Psalms 119. In fact, you know, Psalms 119, it may be the longest chapter. Um, yeah, the longest chapter in Scripture. Good little tidbit there. Yeah, it is yeah, the longest, longest chapter. chapter. Yeah, it is. But... Out of all 175 verses, only five verses do not mention the Word of God. So it's a powerful resource to read about the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 119, 105 tells us that God's Word lights our path. So it gives us direction. And how, how many of us don't need direction? And Psalm 119, 98 through um, 99 tells us that God's Word, I love this, makes us wiser than our enemies and gives us understanding more than our teachers. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the power of God's Word. It is. And it makes, you know what I love is it helps us understand what we don't understand. Yeah. And it helps us make sense of what doesn't make sense at all. So, and then Psalm 119.59 causes us to, to think on the ways that we're walking, the, the, the way we're going in our life, and to turn back to God when we need to, mm. to, to get back to Him when we go astray. Psalm 119.50 tells us that, that God's Word gives us comfort and strength in seasons of hurt and heartache. So, it's so important. And I just want to encourage you, if, if you're just kind of at that place where you don't really get why the Bible is so important, mm -hmm. maybe make your way to Psalms 119 and verse by verse, just kind of go through that mm -hmm. and let it strengthen you and empower you to know more about how important the Word of God is. Yes, and I just want to say in general that the Word of God is such a mystery to me. I mean, don't don't try to understand all of it. There's no way. We, we weren't, I don't even know if we were meant to understand all of it. It's so rich. And I will just say that it is such a mystery to me how that normal words from the English language, but when they're in God's word, they have the power 
to bring comfort and healing, all the things that Stephanie's already talked about. And I just, I just thank God so much for the word in my life. And so it's so important and it affects our lives. In fact, there was a recent study done and we just read about it. I was, I was like, can you see the study? (laughs) Do you see the study? It's so cool. But it's the effects of Bible reading on the lives of people. And it, it, looked at over 40,000 people from ages 8 to 80. And the study found that when people read the Bible, like, you know, one or two times a week, there was very little change. And then three times a week, there was a little bit of a bump in the change of attitudes and behavior. But when they read the Bible four times a week or more, there was a profound difference. Name some of them, Rebecca. Yes. Okay. Get this. Feeling lonely dropped 20%. No, 30%. Anger issues dropped 32%. Bitterness in relationships dropped 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. And sex outside of marriage dropped 68%. Feeling spiritually staggered dropped 60%. Viewing pornography, 61%. And that is such a stronghold in so many people's lives. It is all of these things. Men and women. Yes, it sharing your faith jumped jumped two hundred percent, and discipling others it jumped two hundred and thirty percent. That is some major change of how the Word of God affects our life. And it tells us why it's so important and yes. how to live it out in real life. Because if we're in it, it changes us. Yes, and when you infuse Bible reading into your daily life, it's going to change you to help you live better. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, the Word of God is really about how to make a life. Because think about this. The Creator, the one who created you, is giving you the instructions right here of how to live a life. But it's not just life here on this earth. Because you know what? This life is going to pass away. It also teaches us how to live our life, to prepare for our life in eternity with Jesus. For those of us that know Jesus, and unfortunately, if you don't know Jesus, it tells you that you won't be spending eternity with him, which is our heart's desire that all of us would go to heaven to be with Jesus. And that's really one of the primary reasons we are doing this podcast in general. We just want you to know the Jesus we know and know how powerful his word is and what the Bible says about the hot button topics of the day and the things we struggle with Mm -hmm. and the questions that we have in the back of our hearts that maybe we aren't willing to ask somebody. But, you know, when you get in the word of God, the way it affects your life is not that you just read through it and kind of moblo and go and check a box. Mm -hmm. It's you read and you say, in fact, I think it's Psalm 119, 18. It says, open my eyes and I might see wonderful mm-hmm. things from your law. You know, you open God's word and you say, Lord, speak to me. Show me more of yourself. Show me how to know you more. And and it affects our lives when we obey its teachings or when we embrace its wisdom, when we cling to its promises. And many times we need to do that, but we need to cling to those promises. Oh, by the way, you have to know the promise in order to cling to it in the first True. place. So that's why you have to be in the Word. Get in the and, Word. Yeah, get in the Word and, and love its precepts. We have to love its precepts and we have to trust its truth. I'm glad you brought that up because there are a lot of things in this world that we cannot trust. But the fact that we can trust, you can trust 100% that God's truth, that's huge to me. It is huge, and especially in this age of misinformation and disinformation and censorship and all of these Mm -hmm. things. Here's what we know. I don't have to to try to track something down to see if it's true. 
God breathed it out so I know that it is. Mm -hmm. I know the source of the truth. His name is Jesus, and it's all true, and I can trust it. It makes such a big difference, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is being a Christian, sometimes we have this misconception that we have this immunity all of a sudden mm. that that we don't have hurt and heartache in life. I have... I have had that misconception, and it's a very rude awakening when you find out that just because being a Christian doesn't mean God spares you from heartache. Exactly, and and it is. It's people can kind of like get into this mode where they think I'm saved, so I'm good. No, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're not going to go through hurt and heartache. What it does mean is that we're equipped with God's word so that He can help us navigate through those things, yes. and and cling to him and have hope and healing through the process and in the end. Because I can tell you, and I know you can too, Stephanie, that in my darkest seasons, I'm so thankful that I knew the mm -hmm. word of God. Because you know what? I understand why people go crazy. I, I see how you can like try to numb the pain through all things and then you get addicted to things. And um, it's just... It's just awful. With I, I would not want to live one second without Jesus and one minute, one second without his word. And that goes back to what we said in the very beginning. You know, when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be addicted to all those things. You can cling to him in times when that are hard and, and in battles that are, that are difficult to face. And, you know, there's so many things we could cover about the Bible. And, and I, I'd like to kind of just wrap it up, though, by sharing some things that that we got some responses that we got when we asked our Facebook friends, you know, what was the Bible to them? And so I'm going to gonna read off a few. Brenda said that it was her rock, her anchor, and her roadmap. Kristen said it was uh, the hidden treasure that, that she would give all for. Connie and Brenda called it her lifeline. And uh, my friend Kelly, she said she's just blown away. Um, by how it's written for everyone, and yet it seems like it was just a love letter written just for her because it's so personal. Like, how does God know all that about me? I love that, too, because that's exactly what it is. We've heard it called a love letter, mm -hmm. but it is so personal to us. And it's funny how you can you can pick up Scripture and read it one day, and it said one thing to you. The, the yes. Lord just really spoke to you in one way. But then you picked it up another time, and when you were going through something completely different— and he speaks very directly into that circumstance. He's so bizarre. <laughs> I know. I just love that. And, that. and that's, I love how God loves us. Yes. You know? So, and then Kathy, Kathy said it was her everything. I love that. Um, Aradia described it as the place where she gets to know the heart of God. And, and mm. I love that because mm. God's word is where God reveals himself to us most. Mm. And I love that. Rhonda said it is her very life. Wendy called it her compass and Denise called it her guiding light. And Deb said, it's her manual for life. And actually, I would say something very similar. I would say, it's like my North Star. It's where I get when I'm like, oh, oh, oh. It's like, no, I. this is where I can be stable and steadfast. And I just love it. It's a stabilizer. And I, I yes. think it's so important that we understand, you know, it's like our life is a boat, like we're in a boat. And I guess we get tossed to and fro mm -hmm. and here and there, and the storms of life kind of batter our resolve and batter us down. But when we have that anchor, we're not going anywhere. We might kind of shift around a little bit, yep. but we're really we're anchored in. We're stabilized in. And so God's word is like what you said. It's a stabilizer mm -hmm. um, to us. And there is so much more that we could talk about <laughs> the Bible. But ultimately, the Bible is, is God's word to you and to me. It's, in a nutshell, that's in a nutshell. It's, 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 it's so simple. It's where he reveals himself. It's also where he re 
we get our identity from. You know, people yes. struggle with who they are, and we can look in the mirror of the Word and find out who we are, and when we are Christians, who we are in Christ, and that is such a powerful truth. And it, and it talks about how to live this life well, like you said, how to how to, to do life, how to live a life, and, and it has truths that we can trust and promises we can cling to, and so mm-hmm. it's everything that we need for every circumstance that we face. Phew! Thank you, Stephanie. So today we looked at what the Bible is, why it's important, and how we can apply it to our life. Thank you so much for listening with us. And if you enjoyed this podcast or if you learned something new, then please feel free to subscribe. We don't want you to miss a single episode. Um, And also, please know that we have a website, and it's uh, the website is whatsthebiblesay.org. And on there, you can find all kinds of resources that we're going to have for you, any past episodes. And also, please join our Facebook page because we would love any questions you have or things you would love for us to talk about or comments. Please respond on there and we'd love to get to know you and meet you. And thank you again for joining us and we will see you next time.